You know, sometimes in your life, you just know you're in the presence of greatness. There are some people who, when you're in their presence, they just seem to make you feel taller. They pull out the potential in you. They seem to impart bigness, vision, and confidence just right into who you are. And we call that greatness. I've stood in the presence of greatness. One hot summer night in July 2018 in Birmingham, Alabama, I walked into the green room of a pastor's conference and found it absolutely packed with people. The entrance to this green room was straight from the car park, a hot, really hot car park, straight in without an entranceway or a foyer into a green room with air conditioning and packed full of people. Jillian and I, because the room was so full, just stood by the door and we were feeling on the edge, looking at the packed room that was in front of us. My Lord, so many great pastors were in that room that night from all over the world gathered in this one small room. Then suddenly the door behind me opened and in walked someone who's been a hero of mine since I was 19 years old, John Maxwell. As everyone in the room knew, in that moment, he was the alpha, the senior man of God. You could feel in the middle of conversations, the atmosphere change and shift. And being a Kiwi, known for our tendency towards being hesitant and reserved, I acknowledged his presence, but I fully expected him to just blow past me and move on to the other great and well-known pastors in the room. He didn't. He stopped. He smiled. He looked at us, at me. Hi, I'm John Maxwell, he said. And we responded by giving him our names and saying that we were from New Zealand, to which he replied, oh, wow, I've heard so much about you. For the next 10 minutes, he ignored that entire room and he talked only to us. He was about to speak to thousands of pastors. The clock was running down for the service to begin, but for 10 minutes, he engaged only with us. And when I say engaged, I mean engaged. His eyes were focused. It's like Jillian and I were the only people in the room. He seemed genuinely interested. He asked questions. We tried to answer by turning our replies into questions that were coming back to him. And by the time the service began, having spent this time with John, it was like I felt 10 feet taller. Like for every minute he gave us his attention, I'd grown 12 inches. And I was reminded that night, there is power in your attention. John Maxwell, widely regarded as one of the greatest leaders and leadership teachers of our generation, could have shaken hands all over the room. He could have flitted his focus, divided his attention, but by choosing to focus his attention that night, he deeply impacted my life. I went to bed that night, going back over what had happened, thinking to myself, our focus is so powerful. There is power in your attention, a focused gaze, an undistracted mind, being fully present. There is power in your attention. 
Out of all the basic instructions I wish I'd been given when my children were born, I wish someone had have told me, you will shape their lives by simply giving them your attention. It's really not hard, but it's also incredibly difficult to block out all the distractions, to eliminate the competing influences, to still a busy mind, to be present, to be engaged, all of me in one moment, to give my children my attention. I've had to learn this skill, not only as a father, but in all of my relationships. I don't know about you, but I tend to have a lot on my mind. Too much that I allow to matter. My mind can wander, my attention can fade. And then add to that, that in this connected world in which we live, there's always something buzzing in our hand or our pocket constantly. And we find ourselves struggling to be in any one moment, to give anyone our full attention. As a dad, time after time, I've found myself in the trap of prioritizing so many things for my kids, for our family, that I thought were really important, but they didn't really care about. I bought them presents. I filled their calendars. They live in a nice house. They went to good kindergartens and schools. But I've discovered that what my children really want is my attention. And the crazy discovery for me was that the more of my attention I gave, the healthier they became. The more I focused, the more they came alive. There is so much power in your attention. When we think about our lives and we measure whether our lives are good or not and think about what's truly important, we must always remember that the quality of our lives will be decided by the quality of our relationships. Whether our relationships are strong or weak, connected or disconnected, meaningful or superficial, is going to decide whether we feel our lives are meaningful or superficial, strong or weak, a good life or one that we don't really love. And rich relationships, the key to a great life, can only be achieved through giving the giving of our attention. So when we think about it, ask, answer this question for me. What's the most valuable commodity in the world? Think about it. Is it gold, silver, lithium iron, platinum? The truth is, guys, the most valuable thing in the world today is your attention. If you don't believe me, then answer this question. Which are the most highly valued companies in the world? Top of your list will rightly include Facebook, Apple, Instagram. And what's common to them all is their ability to hold your attention. Your attention is so valuable. Literally, hundreds of billions of dollars are being spent annually by companies competing to be the most efficient at getting your attention. From whatever you were giving it to, getting your attention and keeping it. And make no mistake, your attention is the most highly contested industry in the world. And that's got massive life-changing impacts on how we live our lives and in the ongoing quest to be the people and the fathers we seek to be. It's too easy to be in moments, but not in moments. To be with our children, but away from them. To be in rooms with our friends, but connected 
to our phones. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 2, verse 5, that though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit. Though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit. I think we're getting dangerously close where we could say the opposite is true in our generation. I am with you in body, but I'm absent in spirit. We should no longer measure the amount of time that we have together. I think this is becoming a redundant measurement. Not the amount of the time that we have together, but the amount of attention we have together. There is power in your attention. Think about divine. What does it take for something divine, something miraculous, something spiritual, something from heaven to take place in the lives of people? The answer is that nothing divine ever takes place without your attention. A distracted focus inhibits the miraculous. Distraction is anti-divine. To be distracted is to have your mind in more than one place. It's to be double-minded. And James chapter one tells us that anyone who is double-minded shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. James 1.8 tells us that when we're double-minded, we are unstable in all we do. So we can reverse engineer this to say that being single-minded, fully attentive, is the only way that we can be stable in what we do, the only way that we can truly receive from God. There is so much power in our attention. Think about uh, Peter and John when they arrived at the gate beautiful. It's an amazing passage of scripture in Acts chapter three, verses four to eight, telling the story of Peter and John going to the temple with the goal of a prayer meeting. They're walking towards the temple when they see a paralyzed man sitting beside the road and he's begging. And what happens next leads to the man's healing. The story ends with the man walking and leaping and praising God in the middle of the temple. An incredible transformative miracle, a life that was forever changed. But what gets my attention every time is how did this miracle happen? Let me read it to you. Acts chapter 3. The Bible says in verse 4 that Peter and John looked straight at him. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he gets excited and he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. This incredible miracle is so powerful, so life-changing as this lame man literally receives the ability to walk. You can see his jubilation, his joy, his instant transformation. But the key part of this miracle that has always got me has been verses four and five, where the Bible says that as Peter and John are going to this prayer meeting, they find themselves being drawn towards a man. They have a prayer meeting to attend. They are on their way to the completion of a task. But the Bible says that they looked straight at this paralyzed man. 
They looked straight. In the, in the Greek language that the Bible was literally written in, you could translate this phrase also to say, they gazed intently. I'm sure there was a crowd around the gate to the temple. I'm sure there were so many different people moving and comings and goings and voices and activity, but they looked intently, gazed intently. They looked straight at this man. And then they said to the man, look at us. This blind beggar, sorry, this paralyzed beggar was scanning the crowd, searching the faces, looking from person to person, seeking somebody to give him a coin. And they said, give us your attention. Then in verse five, the Bible tells us that the man gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And then following this exchange of focused attention, Peter declares God's power and the miracle transforms the man. But what gets me every time I read this passage is the power of attention. Think about those three key phrases. Peter and John looked straight at him. Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention. They looked at the man, look at us. The man gave them his attention. What surrounds this incredible miracle is a testament to the power of attention. Had Peter and John not looked straight at the man, there would have been no miracle. Had they not been bold enough to ask the man to look at them, there would have been no miracle. If the man had not given them his attention with expectation, there would have been no miracle. It takes focused attention for divine work to be done. And make no mistake about it, guys. Every demon in hell is aware of the power of your attention and of the power for our focused attention to be not just natural, but supernatural, divine and life-changing. Remember that the primary battlefield we have against the devil, according to 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, is to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Look at that another way, team. The devil is after your attention. So he can hinder your ability to do what God wants you to do. So often, as dads, our children can be like the man on the side of the road on the way to the temple. The way we see the people in our lives can be exactly the same. We've got children, but we've got a prayer meeting to attend. We've got stuff in our lives, people in our lives, but we've got other things that compete for our agenda. And there, not central, in the periphery of our gaze is the relationships that require our attention. Because Peter and John were sensitive enough to God to look at the man, the miracle journey began. And when we give our attention to our children fully and prayerfully, a miracle journey begins each and every time. Because of focused attention, his need was clearly seen. Because of focused attention, this lame man was able to connect with the divine moment. Because of focused attention, Peter spoke into his life. Because of focused attention, his life was never the same again. There is power in our attention. 
I'm sure every dad out there has had a similar story to this one, but I remember one day when my kids were young, I was with them in the same room as them, but I was responding to a text message or an email, and I had my phone in both hands, double typing with my thumbs, and my daughter was sitting next to me when suddenly she reached up, she grabbed my face with both hands, and she turned my face towards her. To be honest, both my kids have done this on multiple occasions to try to get my attention, they literally took things into their own hands. And I remember reflecting on this as I'd been in this moment with Lara and then had her take my focus and bring it towards her. I remember reflecting on it that night, thinking to myself, there was so little importance in that email. So little that was really worthy of my focus and of so much greater importance was the attention that my daughter was craving. So I reached a point of decision, and I've purposed to keep this habit from that day until this, that when I get home from work, my phone goes straight onto the bookcase in our family room, set to do not disturb. I try not to pick it up again until my kids go to bed. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take authority over every work of the enemy that would seek to distract my focus and waste the precious moments that can only happen when I give all of my attention. I think we've got a challenge in our generation that we learn to be present, to give the people in our lives, the relationships in our lives, our full attention. You know what? I bet you there's a lot of people already in this COVID lockdown and these COVID lockdowns who've learned that even though you are physically stuck in a home with the people often that you love the most, your work hours can just stretch longer. Digital distractions can become an island to which we go for space. And the people, the real living people who are closest to us can get so little of our attention. When I look at the life of Jesus, I see the power of attention. He gave his attention to little children. He gave his attention to tax collectors. He gave his attention to teenage boys who were looking for a relationship with a mentor. He gave his attention to a woman rejected by society. Even though his ministry years only numbered three, the number of stories in those three years of lives who were forever changed by Jesus' attention outnumber many people's lifetimes. And I want you to know, we can change the lives of those we love and of those we meet by simply giving them all of our attention. Because I am a speaker, I've had a great privilege of being able to travel the world. And my kids have been blessed with a truly rich childhood. They have literally traveled all over the world. By the age of nine, my son Will had been all over the planet. And because when he was young, I took him out of school and just brought him with me on as many trips as I could. But always these trips were when I was working. We went to amazing places. We saw incredible things, but always when I was working, never when I was fully in the moment, never when everything was completely there. And then for his 10th birthday, he asked me if I would take him into the forest for a night, the bush for a night, into the wild. And this was big for me because I have no experience whatsoever at being the mountain man. I had no experience. I felt inadequate. 
To be honest, I was so freaked out that I texted my brother and said, hey, could you and your son come up and join us? And so the four of us went out for a night together into the wild. The New Zealand bush has no cell phone reception. From the moment we left the car park, we were disconnected from every digital distraction. We cooked food by an open fire down by the river. We roasted marshmallows. We talked the night away. And then eventually we went to bed in our hut. Now, when I say hut, that's quite generous. This was just a building made of a wooden frame and corrugated iron. That's it. No lining, no insulation, no attempt even made to seal it from the outside. The inside walls were covered with grime built up over years and spider's webs literally everywhere. A long way from the manicured streets of Disneyland or the luxuries of room service ready hotel rooms. This was basic, crude, uncomfortable, but with no other voices, no competing agenda, no working cell phone, nothing to distract. Will and I slept that night on the top bunks of the cabin and my brother and his son slept down below. After we'd said our stories and finally said goodnight, the cabin was filled with that silence only found in remote places. And then I heard a rustle, a sleeping bag moving. I felt an arm on my bed, then an arm around my neck. And then Will gripped me tight and whispered in my ear, Thank you, Dad. This is the best night of my life. It wasn't Disneyland. It wasn't a five-star hotel. It was a night that cost $68.50, including GST. But his father's undivided attention. This Father's Day, I want to remind us all, we can change the world by giving others the life-changing, miracle-bringing gift of our attention. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every dad. I thank you for every person that is part of this broadcast today. And God, I want to pray that you would help us to focus our attention on the meaningful relationships that are in our lives. Help us to be present. Help us to be in the moment. Help us to fully engage. I'm praying, Lord, that you would bless your people. I'm praying that you would increase the quality of our relationships. I'm praying for everybody that you would give us, me, the strategy and the strength we need to improve our attention and to see our relationships strengthened and enlarged. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.